Today, I had the pleasure of speaking to Vince Wolcott, former White House Communications Agency personnel, 5G expert, and currently a principal at GHD Digital. Vince explains 5G and how it would have a bigger impact on the economy than the last industrial revolution. He also provides insights into the concerns around 5G and radiation and the delays in IoT security. Here's our conversation. Vince Wolcott, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Larry, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> That's good. So excited to have you here, Vince. Um, 5G. I've been told you're the man who knows it all. <laughs> 5G, that's a big word. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, a, a lot of people don't understand. When they think of uh, 5G, they only think of mobile broadband. However, it's so much bigger than that. We're talking uh, IoT, um, smart cities, autonomous vehicles, the list goes on. That's correct. Would, would you explain it in your own words, what 5G is and what it means to business? Sure, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Larry, and thanks you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to talk to everybody and, and create this uh, podcast. Five um, G is. Uh, most people think you're absolutely right. Most people think five G is just an upgrade to your cell phone, and it's the farthest thing from the truth. Five um, G is is a, a brand new architecture. One uh, G through four G is based on hardware. 5G is for the first time is based on software. So it's a software-based architecture that that can easily be upgraded um, to for, uh, for better encryption and higher speeds. And it is going to be the uh, in in the future, in the near future, it is going to be the common communications platform that is secure for all types of communication communicating devices. You mentioned IoT. Uh, as a telecommunications engineer for the last 37 years, uh, we telecom engineers look at IoT as smart 5G compliant sensors. That's an IoT, Internet of Things. So what is a smart 5G sensor? It could be anything from a uh, sensor that's in the surface of the road, and it, it'll talk to your 5G car in the future. Okay. And the sensor will tell your car, hey, in 500 feet, you're going to cross that bridge and it has ice on it. So it, it's really about uh, making smart devices that are compatible to talk in a very secure way uh, to any to any device. So to, to how is it going to affect business? 5G is going to affect every market sector, every industry worldwide. No matter if, if it's healthcare, it's automotive industry, transportation, water utilities, uh, smart buildings. So, so the 5G is going to be the next step because all the engineers and the architects in, real, in, the, in the world who are designing, trying to design smart buildings, know they can't design a smart building without a common secure communications platform. So all the building management control systems, all the elevator controls, the lighting controls are all going to be in, on a 5G network. Now, people uh, always ask me, how are they going to do that? Well, I don't want my building talking over the, the public 5G cellular network. It's going to be different. So uh, in the future, every company, every manufacturing facility, every 
even in your house, eventually, you're going to have a private 5G VPN. That's going to be yours. That's going to be oh, your wow. company. Okay. So you're going to own it. And all the smart devices in your house, because in 10 years, every appliance in your house will be 5G compliant. Mm-hmm. Within five years, every car manufactured in the United States will be 5G compliant. So the car industry is pumping millions and millions of dollars into R&D for uh, developing 5G R&D to put it in their car. Tesla's already experimenting with it. So in the future, your car, if you're in front of me, you're going to slam on your brakes. And if I'm not paying attention, your car is going to talk to my car over the public 5G network and tell, tells my car to stop. If I'm, uh, so, so the insurance companies love this because they, they see that nobody's going to get in an accident anymore. Your car, yeah, gonna be, right? <laughs> nobody's going to get in an accident. Nobody's going to run off the road because your, your 5G car is going to have so much intelligence. And, and that comes with uh, edge computing. That's a term that's been thrown around. Yes. Because of the sub-millisecond latency, so fast 5G is going to be, that we can't have decisions made in the cloud. So uh, it, you can't be driving down the road and in your car and a, a split second decision needs to be made. You, so your car can't go up into the cloud and then the process is being turned in, in all the, the cloud servers and the decision is being made and then sent back to your car. So edge computing is going to push 5G to, to the highest technology limits because the decisions have to be made in your car right now, this split second. Uh, so... Uh, because of the high speeds, because of the security, because it has to be secure because we don't want to hack into your car and, and you get into an accident, um, you know, make you forcing into an accident. So it's, it's going to be very, very secure, a lot more secure than Wi-Fi and a lot more secure than 4G. I have a question about the edge computing, and I just want to make sure I understand it um, correctly. So as far as edge computing, I'm thinking of devices on the edge of the network that do the majority of the processing, as you mentioned, and then for some of the processes that can take uh, longer time periods or you know, you don't need real-time answers will be processed in the cloud. Is that accurate? That's, ac- that's very, very accurate. So, uh, for, an ex- for, so uh, for example, uh, in a smart building technology, instead of having a thermostat in your office that talks to a building management control panel in the electrical room, uh, that building management control panel will have a little four-inch antenna, and the thermostat in your office will have a, a little antenna, and they'll be talking over your private 5G VPN. So the thermostat is, is not really mission critical. It's not mission essential. Uh, it doesn't need a, a, a answer right now. So that company's build smart building will use cloud technology because the, the your thermostat only needs to ping uh, the building management control panel every three or four minutes just to say, hey, my temperature is 71 and I need to get up to 72. And so those decisions don't need to be made uh, right right away. Where in a vehicle, now that's mission critical right. because lives depend on it. Those decisions are going to be made inside the vehicle. And like Tesla was the example that I made earlier, Tesla's already experimenting with edge computing inside their vehicles. They're okay. getting ready for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, personally um, and professionally, I like 5G. I think it's going to change uh, the world a lot. <laughs> it's, go- it's going to change the world. Matter of fact, I was in a, uh, in January before the pandemic hit, I was in Tampa Bay, Florida, 
at a telecommunications conference. There was 4,000 telecom engineers like myself there. And it was four days of nothing but 5G. And one of the presenters who sits on the 5G committee gave a presentation and he looked at all of us and he said, 5G will have a, a bigger impact to the world than the last industrial revolution. Wow. And I sat there and I said, oh my God, let's, see, let's think about this. The last industrial revolution, we invented electricity, the automobile, uh, we invented the airplane. We invented so many massive decision uh, uh, inventions were made in the last industrial revolution. And he's saying that 5G is going to have a bigger impact to the world on every market sector, every industry than the last industrial revolution. That's uh, very in insightful. Um, and I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree too. I, I agree. It's going to totally be huge. Now that doesn't go without saying that it does have its challenging challenges yes. like uh, any emerging technology. Specifically, I want to talk about IoT, and you kind of touched on this a little bit. Sure. Um, there will be more devices deployed, smart grid sensors, that sort of thing. Yep. Right now, the majority of IoT devices aren't being manufactured with the security functionality built in. And I, I know that this as well as, you know, helping healthcare organizations out with medical devices. And, you know, that's one of the big concerns with IoT as well. I wanted to know what's your thoughts on this? Yes, um, the, the, everybody's holding back. So 5G is only being uh, experimented with um, by the four major carriers, uh, Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, and, and um, Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, AT&T, excuse me, the, the four big ones. So they have okay. been, uh, they have been given uh, permits by the FCC to experiment with uh, 5G uh, in most of the major cities. And that's where it's going to start. And then it's going to grow out because of the infrastructure for the 5G network has to be redesigned and, and reinstalled um, and redeployed. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so right now we're only working on a 5G. If you get a 5G signal on your phone right now, like a, a, I have one on my phone right now, I'm looking at it. It's 5G E. And it's, uh, <laughs> e stands for evolution. So it's, okay. con it's constantly going to evolve. Um, so 5G right now is only being uh, broadcast at frequencies, the FR1 frequency. So FR1 and FR2 are the frequency bands that are going to be built into the architecture of 5G. FR1, frequency range one, is six gigahertz and below. So what's happening now is the uh, carriers are have, have permits and licenses for specific frequencies for 3G that the government has given them years ago that okay. they're not using. So they're using the 3G frequencies, 1.7, 2.4, 2.6, gigahertz, the three old 3G frequencies, and they're re-engineering them to run on 5G. So they're experimenting right now with 5G. But um, please understand that 5G is not a standard yet. It has not been ratified. So what, what does that mean? So the, there are literally dozens of committees worldwide who are writing the standards for 5G, including the security encryption algorithm. And matter of fact, there's like eight committees just to handle the security encryption portion of 5G. So we are, we, for the last almost 10 years, we've been going through releases of, the, of 5G standards. And right now we're at release 16. And that release 16 has been ratified 
in the March, April timeframe of this year. But release 17 is going to be the big one. And release 17 is not scheduled to be ratified and voted on until early 2021. It was scheduled to be ratified in the fall of this year. But because of the pandemic, everything's moved to the right and the schedule's kind of slipped. So what people are doing, the IoT manufacturers are doing is that everybody's holding back. They're holding back their R&D money because you don't want to waste your money because the standards aren't written yet and they're not approved and ratified. So I I don't want to build an IoT 5G smart sensor that doesn't meet the standards. So the entire world is waiting for the, the... FR2 frequencies, frequency range two, which starts off at 22 gigahertz and goes to 72 gigahertz. And that changes one or two gigahertz every other month from the standards committees, but it's super high millimeter wavelength. Once those standards are ratified, now the engineers can look at the standards and say, okay, now we can design a smart sensor, an IoT smart sensor that is 5G compliant. Okay. So the whole world is waiting. The car car manufacturers, they're, they've, they've got money put away to start designing the, to the 5G standards. So everybody's right now is, is uh, pl- not playing, but they're, they're doing research and development on the FR1 frequencies, which is a, a, a below six gigahertz. But the real 5G is going to be in the FR2 frequencies. And that's what we're all waiting for. Okay, you mentioned the frequencies. So at my house now, I'm on the five gigahertz band. I understand that uh, with 5G in the cell towers, um, as, as you mentioned, right, the 60 gigahertz and above, especially when you get to um, FR2, that I know with five, the five uh, gigahertz band that I'm on now that it's faster. It is faster. But the yep. drawback is uh, the distance that it can go. Correct. So uh, mother nature doesn't give you anything free. I always tell my clients. <laughs> um, so the higher the frequencies, the, 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 the radio frequency sine wave propagation gets shorter because the sine wave gets smaller. So back in 1G, for instance, for instance uh, I live right outside uh, District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. And it, when 1G was here in the early 80s, there was three antennas to cover the entire area of, of, of District of Columbia because the frequencies were very low. So therefore they travel a great distance. And then 2G came along, it literally went to a dozen cell, uh, cell towers in DC because the frequencies went higher and therefore the RF propagation sine wave in, decreased and then the uh, RF propagation radius from that cell tower decreased. So when you get up into the millimeter wavelengths, 22 gigahertz, that's a, a millimeter wavelengths are very, very small and they don't penetrate buildings and they don't go that far. So they're predicting that uh, in the future, you'll have a 5G MIMO antenna that stands for multi-in, multi-out MIMO antenna every thousand feet. So that's, that's why I was, uh, uh, like I said earlier, the entire 5G infrastructure has to be redesigned and redeployed because it does, it's not going to use the 4G infrastructure. They'll use a single mode fiber that goes from the cell tower to the central office. That's still good. It's going to run on single mode fiber. We know that because of the bandwidths that um, are just, the bandwidths are so great that it won't run on copper and it won't run on multi-mode fiber. 
So we will have MIMO antennas all over the place. Every building, every every uh, tower, uh, every light pole, every <laughs> telephone pole, you're going to have a small form factor MIMO antenna. And it, it's not going to look like the cellular antennas that uh, are today for 4G. They're completely so, different. Great. So more antennas because of the sort of distance, which poses yes. the next question. Um, there's been some talks. Personally, I'm not sure, you know, which side of the line where this kind of falls, but about radiation, there being a problem with radiation because more antennas, that sort of thing when it comes to 5G. Is yep. this something we should really be worried about? It's a good question. So when 5G, uh, back in about 2015, um, 5G, th th this one has first started to come to light and the, the government got involved about five years ago. And they started doing a, a lot of studies. It says, what happens when Larry puts a transmitter, a 5G transmitter next to the, his brain at millimeter wavelength, 22 gigahertz? What happens to the human brain? So the government has been, been funding the, um, uh, uh, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, Department of Health and Human Services, the... Um, uh, up in Bethesda, you have the um, uh, the uh, the, uh, the healthcare agency. I just went, I just forget it. But anyway, there's about five government agencies that are funding research and giving grants to uh, uh, research hospitals like the Cleveland Clinic, John Hopkins Universities, and giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars to study. That says what happens when you put a millimeter wavelength transmitter next to the human brain. And so far, so far in the last four years that the reports that I've seen, there's no conclusive evidence that there's any uh, negative impact to the human brain when you put that high of frequency transmitters next to it. So it's still being studied. Uh, the jury's still out. And, and uh, but so far, uh, all the reports are coming back is negative. It doesn't have any effect. Okay. You seem to know, you know, Vince, you know a lot about technology, especially 5G. So I want to understand, how did you get into technology, telecom, 5G? <laughs> well, um, I got, I got, when I was into, I have nine brothers and sisters, big family. Oh, wow. And, okay. and, my, and my parents were like, hey, you want to go to college? Figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> so uh, I, went in, I went into the United States Air Force and uh, went to school in Denver, uh, outside Denver, Colorado. And um, Air Force paid for everything. And when I, when I got out of school, I worked on, uh, a, this is the early 1980s, I worked on prototype F-16s and all the communications devices, uh, that military-grade communication devices. So I, I got my telecommunications um, uh, background from the, the military and the government. And when I got out of the uh, service, I got hired by IBM. And I was a senior telecommunications engineer for IBM designing high-speed local area networks, supercomputer networks um, for IBM clients. So I, I've been doing this since the early 80s. And uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I got telecommunications engineers that work for me that can make your lawnmower talk to your coffee pot. <laughs> so we, we, we just, we, so I've been involved in every form of telecommunications, voice, data, uh, RF radio systems, um, uh, you name it, Wi-Fi. We do, do we, we do um, RF propagation, 3, 3D model RF propagation, heat maps of Wi-Fi systems and design those things for our clients. 
Vince, you've yeah. come a long way, a, a, a long way. <laughs> um, I think this, your answer to this next, next question will be very valuable to our listeners. What do you do to improve on your technology? What do you do to learn? What's your strategy there? So uh, I am a registered engineer, a telecommunications engineer. And so to maintain my register, register my certification as a registered telecommunications engineer, I have to get like 45 credits, uh, continuing education credits um, every uh, like two years. Um, and so I go to a lot of uh, conferences, telecommunications conferences uh, that are all over the country. And there's two or three of them every year. Uh, to pick up credits, my continuing education credits. And then I also belong to a lot of blogs and, um, okay. and, and I get daily emails about what's the latest and greatest with 5G, what's the latest and greatest and everything telecom wise. And um, so we stay up on it because my clients expect me to consult with them on the best uh, infrastructure to support not just uh, 4G, but because I have a lot of clients that are saying, hey, Vince, you're designing my 4G DAS, my d- distributed antenna system in my building right now, but 5G is right around the corner. What do we got to do to plan to get to 5G? Okay. So we have, to, we have to maintain uh, seminars, WebExes, um, conferences to stay up to the, the, to the latest and greatest on all the technologies. And the conferences are great because you get a lot of these PhDs who are doing the R&D backed in a factory and they come in do one hour, two hour presentations for four four days straight. And you get one presentation after another of this is what's coming down the road. This is how we're going to engineer it. And this is the things you need to be aware of. So when you're out in the field engineering these systems, it'll work. Uh, So yeah, we, we definitely, I have to definitely keep up with the technology because as you know, technology changes every 18 months. Every 18 months. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's great. Um, there's a game I'd like to play, Vince. Uh, it's called Word Association. For instance, I might say sun, you might say moon, something of that sort. Some of these uh, words will be out of the blue, so uh, don't be surprised here. But do you understand? Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> Let's play. <laughs> Let's play. First word, telecom. Telecom. Communications. Engineering. Design and innovation. NFL. NFL? Yeah. <laughs> the National Football League. Uh, the Redskins. <laughs> oh, I guess it's the Washington football team now. I don't, I don't think we're allowed to say Redskins anymore. <laughs> Sorry about that. Happy hour. Uh, a cold one. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Cloud. Cloud. Um, that's a good one. Cloud. Uh, as a technology guy, I think of cloud computing. Uh, Northern Virginia, because most of the cloud computing is actually in Northern Virginia. Most people don't know that or not. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Vince, I uh, appreciate you taking the time. I think everything you provided was very insightful, and we look forward to having you again. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Larry. We'll talk to you soon. For this episode and other podcasts, please follow MITEFDC Cutting Edge on LinkedIn and Spotify.